Hello, and welcome to Episode 5 of Special Ed Rising, the podcast, No Parent Left Behind. Thank you so much for joining me here today. I hope you're feeling refreshed now that spring has sprung. For those of us in my part of the world, the days are getting longer, and that's always a time filled with promise. I hope where you are, the light is shining brightly on you. I want you to think of this place, the Shays Lounge on a sprawling green hill of podcasts. In this episode entitled Everyday Transitions and Your Special Needs Child, I'll be talking about daily transition strategies for the times your child displays behaviors when asked to move from one activity to another. These strategies can be applied in all settings, in the home, at school, and out in the community. When you have a plan put into practice consistently, new doors will open for you and your child to smoother days and nights. And stay tuned for today's Community Share, where you'll hear some uplifting news happening in the world of special needs. Then, special needs trivia to test the bounds of your knowledge. And a Did You Know segment entitled, You Know What? Guess What? Can I Tell You Something? So let's grip the wheel and hit the road to another win. not what I have done. I am what I have overcome. Author unknown. Transitions can feel like drops of sunshine or drops of rain on your child's day. We've all experienced those times when our kids or students ignored us or refused to budge when it came time to move on from an activity. The consequence at such times, for us, can be any one of a multitude of cascading feelings frustration, anger, disappointment, fear, anxiety, and so on. When troubles transitioning are frequent, we might begin to think we have no control, which can cause us to feel helpless and may, for some, be inciting. The success of a transition can be the difference between basking in the glow of that sun I mentioned earlier or being doused. How a day goes often depends on how well your child is prepared to transition from one activity, event, or happening to the next. Surprises in your schedule are not a friend to people on the spectrum of developmental disabilities, and they certainly offer little in positive returns for you. As defined on the National Association for the Education of Young Children's website, in an article by Ann Butler and Micheline Ostrowski, I love that name, Micheline, transitions are when children move from one activity to another. Everyday transitions include arriving at an educational setting from home, moving from dinner to playtime, finishing playtime and cleaning up, brushing teeth and then taking a bath, and going from bath time to bedtime. For some children, transitions may be frustrating or may provoke anxiety, and they may lead to challenging behaviors in individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities. You may feel that preparations for transitions are not something that easily fits into your schedule. However, if you make the commitment to them, They can become an integral building block for your health and that of your family. It may seem like an overwhelming task at first, but when you make this preparation a part of your weekly routine, you'll find that not only can it fit seamlessly or at least fairly square, but the improvement in your child's behavior and overall stress levels will be all the encouragement you'll need to stay on it. I've had so many students throughout the years who struggled with transitions. The anxiety that it caused them often resulted in physical outbursts, uncontrollable screaming, tears, and anger. The degrees of response varied as some simply displayed to stubbornness. Because each child is different, there is no one strategy that will succeed more 
than any other or even on its own. Often combinations are needed. But I know that if I was able to get certain students whose behaviors leaned more extreme to transition without event, that's all the evidence I need to report my commitment to their legitimacy. Charlotte Kostelik of the Chaos and the Clutter website offers these transition strategies for kids. Prepare them. Give kids advance warning for how long an activity will last. Help them know what to expect in a day. Two, use a visual schedule. This makes it clear what a child can expect and what's coming up next. It can be helpful to put the activities that are most challenging for the child closer to the beginning of the day when they're less tired. Three, use a visual timer or a visual countdown system. Four, offer sensory breaks. Sensory activities uh, make great transition bridges. There are sensory break cards that I'll include in the community share page of my website for you to download. Sensory processing disorder, or SPD, is the neurology of how we feel. It can play a part in the transitions, so you want to be very aware of your child's environment and investigate if there are any possible sensory sensitivities that might be fueling transition behaviors as the symptoms of sensory processing disorder exist on a spectrum of disagreeable sensory experiences. According to sensoryhealth.org, at least 1 in 20 people in the general population may be affected by SPD. In children who are gifted and those with ADHD, autism, and fragile X syndrome, the prevalence of SPD is much higher than the general population. There's a great deal of anecdotal and some early research evidence that occupational therapy is an effective therapy for treating SPD symptoms. Kristen Osk, a disabilities advocate, explains, the vestibular systems help us balance and orient ourselves in space. Vestibular function is also responsible for the flight, freeze, or flight response we experience when stressed or frightened. Without a clear idea of which action to take, children with vestibular dysfunction often react to everyday frustrations in an overly anxious or highly emotional manner. 5. Use a transition object. For some children, having their special blanket, doll, or stuffed animal with them can smooth transitions. This is especially true in the case of a child transitioning from one location to another, such as from home to school or home to preschool. Bringing a small photo album or a laminated picture of mom or dad can also be helpful. 6. Teach transition songs. Transition songs are a great way to help kids move from one activity to the next. Kids love music. These songs are lighthearted. They help kids pay attention and they help them mentally prepare for the next activity or time of the day. 7. Choose transition activities. These would be things that could be done in between two other things, such as skipping over to the car or counting to 10 before moving on to the next thing. 8. Allow for extra time. If you're rushing, your child will pick up on your energy and become even more agitated. By not leaving things until the last minute, you will give your child extra time to adjust. You'll also be calmer, which will help them stay calm. 9. Use social stories. For children who have a particularly hard time with transitions, preparing them with relevant social stories ahead of time can be beneficial. 10. Maintain consistency. As much as possible, try to stick with the schedule and routines that you've laid out. The Ontario Teachers Federation adds, regarding transition skills, Determine the student's transition needs 
and develop a transition plan on the student's individual education plan, or IEP, with parents or guardians and the student. Teach calming strategies. Provide calming tools, for example, stress balls, sensory activities, etc. Use photos of new places. Visit the website of a field trip location to familiarize the student with it, with it ahead of time. Visit new environments many times ahead of the change. Use a calendar or agenda to plan for changes. Take familiar items to new situations. And use a visual schedule. From the National Library of Medicine, Advanced Notice for Transition-Related Problem Behavior, Practice Guidelines, by Schmidt et al. in 2000, evaluated the effects of advanced notice in the form of visual schedules on tantrums, for example, screaming, hitting, and falling to the ground, during activity transitions in a young child within an early childhood special education classroom. Advanced notice reduced tantrums during transitions between activities across both school and community settings. Similar results have been reported when providing visual cues alone, which are often referred to as visual activity schedules. That result was noted by Detmer et al. in 2000, Hume and Odom in 2007. One of my former students needed to be escorted whenever there was a transition. So often, it was a battle of patience and will. But after trialing multiple strategies over the course of months, we finally came upon something that clicked, and this child was eventually able to transition from class to class on his own. I always like to remind parents to factor in maturation as an important element here. Usually these difficulties, when addressed and tended to with plans and consistency, are not forever as your child will mature and be better able to handle life, let alone transitions. As for my student, it took trial and error and never giving up on him. As always, again, consistency is as essential in all of what one does as a parent, and it's no different in the art of successful transitions. Schedules give your child and yourself structure. They allow for predictability and provide comfort. I've worked with a parent who schedules everything for their child and I have seen how well this practice works. Written on a calendar, the events and times for each day of the week are listed. Each day this child checks the large calendar on the wall and knows exactly what is to occur and when to expect it. This works for this parent's family because the child can read well enough to comprehend. You'll need to know how your child communicates and receives information best and adjust the style of your schedules accordingly. Marianne Demchak, PhD, BCBA, and Siobhan Sutter, PhD, write in an article for Nevada Today. When kids have predictable routines, problem behaviors are less likely. Predictability can decrease the occurrence of these problem behaviors. Problem behaviors are sometimes a way for children with disabilities to communicate their frustration or tell their parents what they want. Knowing when activities happen can reduce some of these behaviors. Providing choices can also help with minimizing occurrences of problem behaviors. It is possible to provide choices within a schedule. For example, the schedule can indicate that it's time for writing, and that child might be able to choose between writing with a pencil, a marker, or a crayon. Talking about each event prior to it happening is such an important element, providing reinforcement and confirmation. Understanding and internalizing the schedule will greatly reduce your child's anxiety over what's next. If a weekly calendar is too complex for your child, a daily visual schedule might be the right fit. Create a flexible schedule including daily routines like brushing your teeth, along with a space for, for example, visiting grandma after school. 
Or you can break your day down into morning, afternoon, and night, and provide separate visual schedules for each that indicate routines along with weekly events. Transitions can work without visual indicators, but it's still necessary to provide fair warning of change. For example, if your child is playing and dinner time is around the corner, you would benefit from giving a couple of timed warnings leading up to the next activity. So if you know dinner will be in 15 minutes, then you might tell your child that they have 10 minutes left to play and that dinner is next. At five minutes, you can, again, make your child aware that transition is coming. Using a timer is a clear visual indicator that can be effective for your child. If they don't understand time, know that there are alternatives such as timers that show an area of color gradually disappearing until the time is up. Sand timers that have different timed amounts of sand, as I mentioned in my last podcast, are also wonderful time indicators. In addition, I suggest, if needed, use a first-then card that shows, for example, first play, then dinner. If you want your child to clean up after they play, you might start sooner with your warnings. You can give more information by using a first-then-next cue card. First play, next clean up, then dinner. The National Professional Development Center on Autism Spectrum Disorders Overview of Visual Supports by Hume K. in 2008 states, Visual supports meet the evidence-based practice criteria within the early childhood, elementary, and middle school age groups. Visual supports can be implemented with individuals across the age range, beginning in preschool and extending through middle school age. Effective visual supports in early childhood settings include visual schedules to increase task engagement, visual scripts to encourage social interaction, and picture cues to support play development. This from Krantz and McClanahan, 1998, Massey and Wheeler, 2000, Morrison, Senato, Ben Shaban, and Endo, 2002. In elementary and middle school, visual supports such as schedules and picture cues have proven effective in reducing transition time, increasing on-task behavior, and in completing self-help in the home. That study by Brian and Gass, 2000, Detmer, Simpson, Miles, and Gans, 2000, McDuff, Kranz, and McClanahan, 1993. The last point I want to mention is another strategy covered in my last episode, and that is active ignoring. Employing active ignoring when your child isn't listening is very helpful when transitions hit the skids and you're in the process of initiating a schedule, reward system, etc. This includes not showing your cards when it comes to being pushed to anger or upset, and staying steady and unemotional if your child becomes defiant. The likelihood of helping your child overcome and calm down increases if you are steadfast, patient, limit your language to simple directions repeated every few minutes or less frequently, depending upon how well your child comprehends directions, and factoring in delayed response if your child struggles with communication. While the fireworks may be going off in our heads, success comes when we remain composed. If you have any questions on today's episode, please email me and I'd be happy to address them. In today's trivia segment, I have two questions to challenge you and your knowledge. Again, the prize for getting them right is intrinsic. And what prize could ever top that? Number one, kinesthetic learners learn best by A, hearing information spoken aloud, B, whole body movement and participation, C, focusing attention on one narrow topic, or D, a slower-paced approach. 
Number two, learning styles can be best characterized as unimportant compared to teaching style, B, unique to the individual, C, remarkably similar across cultural groups, and D, based on the time it takes to learn. Good luck with these questions, and I will be posting the answers on my community share page of my website. And now it's time for, you know what? Guess what? Could I tell you something? It's not a disorder. It's a unique way of seeing the world. Laurent Matron, a psychiatrist at the University of Montreal, recently concluded in a research paper that autism is not a disease, but rather a unique way of seeing the world. His research focused on high-functioning individuals and the power of the autistic brain Such research is a reminder to look beyond the limitations and to celebrate special needs kids and their refreshing take on things. And now for something completely different. In Community Share News today, out of London, Ontario, a man Awed by support from Hockey Stick Flag's Funding Sun's Future by Jacqueline LaBelle, written for Global News. A father-son project out of London, Ontario, in support of the Sun's long-term needs, has seen an unbelievable increase in demand in just one week. Thanks to social media and community generosity, Jason Smith of London, Ontario, says he and his son Jacob have gone from making roughly 30 Canadian flags made of hockey sticks to having nearly 500 requests at once. The hobby started about four years ago with flags made for friends and family. Recently, Smith says an old friend from public school that he hadn't seen in 40 years called out of the blue to request one. And I said, that would be great. I'd love to make you one, but we have no sticks. COVID's kind of shut things down with my hockey stick supply, he says. She says, well, Let me put a post on my social media and see where it goes. Smith says his phone started blowing up and he went from having three hockey sticks last week to roughly 1,000 in his garage now, as well as a long list of orders to fill. The response has been unbelievable. I can't even put words to it, he told Global News. Snipe Academy is accepting drop-offs and I just got a picture of their side of their building from Sunday and I couldn't even tell you how many are sitting there. And that's just local. There's responses from Toronto, from Ottawa, Canada-wide, Calgary. Smith says it takes about five or six hours to put one flag together, but the entire process can take five or six days, though he admits he hasn't streamlined it as he's never before needed to. At the end of the day, it's still just a father-son project that we get to spend time together. But we're going to be spending a lot more time together trying to fill all of these orders. I'm not kidding. Between 400 and 500 people have requested a flag. With special needs kids, you got to worry about what their future looks like. You know, 20 years after you're long gone, says Smith. The sales of this goes into a fund for him to cover whatever costs might be. We won't know what he'll need it for, but it'll be there. Here I am, sitting with a dozen game sticks from the Canadians, and we're running a saw through them. $500 sticks. The saw cuts right through those pretty good, he laughed. 
So what we're doing with that, it's going to be a special edition. As of Sunday, Smith has stopped taking orders due to an overwhelming demand. Stories like this continue to give me hope. I want to thank you for listening to this episode, and I hope you'll join me for my next one and in the future to hear about topics close to your heart. I'm honored to have this opportunity to share with you here. All music heard on today's show comes from Jason Shaw at audionautics.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram at Special Ed Rising and on my website, specialedrising.com. If you like the show, please let me know and tell a friend. Also, let me know topics you'd like to learn more about. And until next time, peace and keep rising. Thank you.